What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the, I believe it's the fourth episode of the Hardwood Amino podcast. I'm your host, Snake. And today we have a special guest. But before we get into that, we're back again, Slen. How does it, how is uh, today for you, man? How's it going? Uh, it's going great. Uh, just came out from being outside, watching two pussycats fighting each other. But other than that, yeah, it was uh, pretty fun. Yeah, no, no midnight snack references today, y'all. But um, <laughs> oh no, I'm still the best midnight snack. Don't get me wrong there. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So then, and now we we have a special guest uh, joining us. Uh, he's a big time Toronto Raptors fan, uh, ABA fanatic, uh, fellow my fellow staff member D Beast. What's going on? How does it feel to be on the uh, first couple editions of the Hardwood Amino podcast, man? Feels good. Yep, I mean, short and sweet, y'all. Short and sweet. But uh, <laughs> but uh, before we get into the podcast, uh, we got a little bit of a debate going on. Um, Slen is siding with, uh, I believe, waffles, and then we have DB siding with the uh, pancake side. Uh, Slen, you want to start off and make your case? This is why waffles are better than pancakes, okay? You, you're a little liberal, okay? Okay. They have these little squares, right, that hold all your syrup in the actual waffle, okay? I'm telling you right now, this is why waffles are better than pancakes. It's just because of that feature. <laughs> I, will, I will debate this till I die with you, mate. I swear to God, pancakes are inferior to waffles, and I will stand this. Okay, DB, so you can make your case. First of all, I'm going to wait for my eardrum to stop bleeding from that. But, um... No! 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 No, tell me, tell me. Why are pancakes better than waffles? I want to know this. No, tell me. So, waffles with no toppings versus pancakes with no toppings. I'm going waffles. However, pancakes work so much better with so many different toppings, and that's why I have to go with pancakes. Chocolate oh chip. no! Pancakes no. Are have you seen? Have you seen? <laughs> <laughs> what? Bananas. <laughs> what? Mate, have you never seen a chocolate chip waffle? I've seen that. That smacks. It smacks. What do you mean? The way the chocolate chips melt in the pancake, it just works so much better. It melts in the waffle to what? It burns. It's like it's like not good. <laughs> So you mean to tell me you want a burnt waffle? Well, no, not burnt waffle. Burnt pancake with like chocolate chips in it. Like no, no pancakes. No. It just melts nice and like it just works better. It's just with the waffle too. And <laughs> nah, I have to disagree with you there. Hey, to be fair, no. have you ever seen like a bananas in a waffle? Yes, bananas are good with the waffle. What? In them? I've never seen that. Hey, to be I'm fair, sure. guys. To be fair, they're kind of the same thing. It's, I mean, it's a good debate, but... Oh, never say that again. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. are kind of the same. It's just, like, no, texture-wise, I'd it's say. It's the same batter. <laughs> you cook them, it's totally different. No, no. Waffles are better, and I will not stand this heresy right here. I will is, not it just, is it just taste-wise? Taste I mean, taste-wise per se, but kind of, yeah. Taste I feel like we... the diversity, though. Yeah. Well, you know what? We had our good little debate here, um, but 
let's switch on to some more hardwood talk. Uh, I'm sure we have a lot of questions. Um, like I said, good debate, but let's uh, let's switch on to the hardwood talk, and then we'll get on to some more NBA talk. So, first question, DB, and um, you know, this is the first question we ask every single member that comes on here. Who is the who is the coolest or um, best guy that you've interacted with on hardwood that's no longer active anymore? Um, there was this guy, he was on my HPL team, I think season four, if I'm not mistaken, that was when I was a GM of the OVOs. His name was Dario, and I don't think anyone remembers him except for, you know, a few people that were on the team, but he was a really chill guy. He actually, he reminds me a lot of Jell. Jell, I'm sorry, I don't know how to pronounce it, but... They remind me a lot of each other. And you're just a really chill guy. Yeah. No, that's, um, I mean, I, I don't even know who that is really, but, um, there's so many people that go, like, unnoticed, I guess, within the community that don't get enough love for sure. Um, and then, you know, we talk about, uh, and you and I have talked about this before, um, as far as, uh, your knowledge for, uh, you know, for, for basketball. And a lot of that stems from the hardwood community. You come into a hardwood community. Um, you know, you joined the app in December of 2017. Um, and you're now a curator. So, I mean, we could obviously get into questions about that, um, in your staff position, but you know, your, your knowledge stems from learning on, on hardwood. And, um, I, I had interviewed about this and, uh, just, you know, talk about, um, how you're, I guess how your knowledge has has grown since you've been on the app, and like, and how did you develop such such a passion for learning about the NBA and and even the ABA? Well, I remember first when I came on, I joined the chat. It was like a public chat, top ten NBA players I look at, and I had no clue what I was talking about. I was basing everything off of, like, B-Souls videos. They got, like, Carl Malone at 9 or 10. Like, it made no sense. But then, <laughs> it, it was horrible. <laughs> As I spent more time, I kind of, my knowledge grew. And I remember, actually, I searched up ABA, watched to see what ABA post would come up. And I found a poll I voted on after, like, a couple months where I voted that ABA was equivalent to the EuroLeague or G League, like something like that, which now obviously I don't agree with. But at the time, I had no idea what the ABA was. I just assumed it was G League equivalent, EuroLeague equivalent, that level. But mm. I feel like as you interact with, you know, more members that know what they're talking about, you kind of learn more through that. For sure, yeah. I mean, most of my knowledge comes from other members and then doing research based off of what they say. You know, I mean, Louis Dampier, for example, he's a guy no one really knows about. The only reason I found out about him, I remember Master was doing a, a draft, like a draft with me for HFDL scouting. And then it was all-time Spurs, and I was struggling to find players. 
So I just search up, you know, like Spurs. I start scrolling through trying to find players who played for the Spurs. I think I searched up like greatest Spurs ever and looked at a public ranking, something like that. And I found Louis Dampierre. And, and that that's just who I found out who he was. I had no idea who he was before that. And then I, I kind of started doing research on him from there and all of ABA, and that's kind of how my knowledge stems, just figuring stuff out, doing my own research afterwards. Yeah. No, there's a lot of good, um, knowledgeable people on hardwood. I mean, just to name a few, HFS, there's Master, uh, QWERTY is pretty smart, and you have Spurs fan who I think doesn't get enough love for the amount of knowledge he knows. I think he knows a lot, um, and people don't really know that. And then you have, uh, you have May, you have, um, I'm sure I'm forgetting some others, but just guys like that really know what they're talking about. And, um, you know, you obviously highlighted um, some people that have taught you knowledge. And um, that was really important, too, when I was and some of the stuff you looked up. I looked up for HFDL when I was drafting and I I took, uh, you know, not only you know years from, you know, that other people were drafting and had to do more research on the certain years and and, you know, how good they actually were and um, all that other stuff. And, yeah, you, you just learn so much from not only the community but also doing research, as you highlighted. But, yeah, that's my take on that. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm hoping you didn't pick Avery Johnson because, my God, that was one of the mistakes I made during an All-Spurs draft. Uh, I knew what type of player he was, but I knew he was, like, you know, good on defense. Until I forgot the fact that he was 5'11", and he couldn't space, and he couldn't shoot. Like, doing that mistake made me learn that I can't just rely on 2K to just save me in this situation. Just have to actually make, you know, actual research on it and all that. So, kind of a, kind of feel you there. <laughs> Except mine was a lot more negative, in a sense. I did take Artis Gilmer over Moses Malone, to be fair. Eh, 72 artists isn't that bad. I think he's probably one of the more underrated centers, but yeah. Yeah. And then talk about as well, uh, talk about where the name DBs came from, because you've told me before, but talk about the story behind that um, for those that don't know. Well, honestly, I might be going crazy, but I remember... One of my basketball coaches once called me the Beast because my first name begins with D. And honestly, I might be tripping or maybe I should call me that. But either way, I just have a memory of it. And I just, it was the first name that came into my mind. So, yeah. Yeah. What what position you play? Um, mainly shooting guard. I'm pretty undersized, so. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, no, yeah. Um, I play around, like, the same position as well. But, uh, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll let Slint, Slint go ahead. Um, you know, yeah. Um, I was your... going to ask you, what, what really got you into hardwood, per se? Like, I know that. You were talking about it a little bit earlier. Well, I wanted you to go a little bit more in-depth as to why, you know, you really got 
into this app and how you met people like, you know, Master and everyone in HFDL. I mean, even Hobble, because you're part of that league for a time. Uh, just kind of give me the run through, I guess, of why you decided to stay, per se. I mean, for the first part of just trying things out, having some fun, joining public chat rooms, that's really all they knew about. Until CS0 put on my wall the link to uh, HPL Season 2 signups. And then I signed up for that. A couple people PM'd me. Um, Insanity, Cattle, um, I'm sure I'm blanking on a couple names, but ended up getting drafted into HPL and the OBOs. And then that's really where most of my activity went to for a while. I was just having a lot of fun. I loved it. And then eventually joined Hobble. Um, no one really paid me any interest in that, except for you, Sled. And then I got traded for <laughs> nothing. And then it was on the Crusaders, and that was interesting. But yeah, it really all started from HPL. And from there, it all went up. So, so would you would you venture to say that because out of out, all the leagues and um, you also didn't mention HFDL, you're a really good player in there too. Um, but w- what would you venture to say? What was the breakthrough for you where people really started to know your name? Was it through HPL that people were like, "Wow, you know, this guy's a good player"? Would you say it was HPL or another league? I say it was HPL. And then yeah. when I was a commissioner for HDPL, that also helped a lot. Yeah. No, yeah, for sure. Um, and then, you know, obviously now you're a curator. I think you're doing a really good job um, as, along with all the other new. Um, obviously, it's been a little bit of time since we, as Will's done a great job of getting uh, a bunch of guys on uh, on staff that are new per se. And uh, we're starting a whole bunch of, new different things like Brian has the Instagram you're trying to get Q and A's with certain people. Then you have me with the podcast, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but what would you say was the main reason for you getting that staff posi- staff member position in the first place? What do you think that reason was? Um, honestly, I'm not sure. I think probably just stemmed from my creativity and activity. I would say are the two biggest things. I mean, I've thought of ideas before, ABA day, for example, just random thing will just pop into my head and I'll share it with a leader. So I guess that's probably a big reason. And that combines my activity. Those are probably the two biggest things. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Creativity is a big reason why I, um, why I think I got it. And obviously with the Harvard weekly, I know, um, you and Gerthy with the, uh, with the history rewind was pretty fun to, or excuse me, it's called the rewind. Um, that was pretty fun to make. Um, I had a lot of fun reading through that um, when you guys sent that to me and I was able to put that together. Um, but then, you know, you, you have, um, uh, shoot, man, I thought I forgot where I was going to go with this. Uh, yeah, never mind. Go ahead, Slint. I lost my train of thought for a second. Jesus, man. <laughs> All right, but uh, go keeping on with the uh, staff member stuff. Uh, what has it been like to you know 
like since the very first day, what has it been like to really be a staff member and be one of those, you know, one of those innovators per se in the community? Uh, I can't even speak now, <laughs> dang. But uh, <laughs> one of those innovating members in the community. There we go. Like just being an overall influence. I mean, it's been fun. I don't think it's been too big of a difference as I thought it would be compared to before when I was any other member. I mean, now it's just like pay attention when people say ban stuff, think of ideas. It's it's really not that different. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, no, so uh, as far as and man, um, you know what? Um, how has it been like to be uh, to be curator? Like, what have you been uh, doing? And uh, what? Uh, as far as I know, you're doing. You're trying to get Q and A's, uh, voice chats for hardwood and whatnot. Um, but what other stuff are you doing bes- behind the scenes? Um, uh, you know, is is it just mainly voice chats? Or you have other stuff going on as well. Um. In terms of big things, I would say it's definitely mainly the voice chat stuff I got. I mean, I'm trying to find a ton of people, but the problem was, you know, we were also working on, you know, like I said, ABA Day earlier, we were trying to do things like that, but with the cancellation and everything like that, it's hard. I mean, like a March Madness Day would be great in my opinion, but if there's no March Madness, then no point of it really. Yeah, a lot of things, yeah, I agree. A lot of things go to waste when... You know, March Mad. You know, everything's canceled from March Madness to the NBA. Shoot, to even like, you know, baseball's getting pushed back, and then you have you know the NHL that's getting you know suspended or canceled or whatever, you know what have you. But uh, if you had, I want to ask you, maybe have you had a g- good idea in the past, maybe that you want to bring back? Um, I know you said you have a lot of series that you've had, um, and this is a question that I forgot to ask earlier. But are there any series that you had on your um, that you've made, um, that you can think of, that you, you'd you want to bring back, that you've made of in the past? Um, honestly, I'm blanking right now on a series I've made. Uh, any, like, ABA series, maybe, that you've done? I, mean, I did one series of polls, like, a long time ago. That was called Hardwood Guess Who?, and it was basically just, I'd put three facts of a member, three opinions of a member, and then I'd list five options, and then users would just guess which one it is. Yeah. Yeah. No, Those were okay, very common back in the day, too. Like, just the usual guess who stuff. I used to do that with, like, uh, players as well, to an extent, but that was when I was more new. So, yeah, the problem is now is the activity levels um, with certain challenges. Uh, I had uh, create the narrative challenge as far as, you know, you get a certain player and you can create any narrative. Um, You know, maybe you get LeBron and then you talk about, you know, he could be the greatest player of all time. Uh, You know, say certain finals was his best finals that he's ever played in. You can create pretty much any narrative, but I didn't have much. Um, I didn't have much people participating in that. That's why it failed. I think that that's that's what we need to get back to. Um, not only activity levels, but also people 
really getting involved in certain events and challenges and whatnot, um, for sure. And I don't know if you guys agree with that or not. Um, I would assume you guys do. To an extent, yeah. 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 Um, I do have some NBA questions I want to get into, um, but unless Slint has any more um, First, questions. Uh, not really hardwood questions, but I do want to kind of switch the topic up just a little bit because we're in a day and age to where we're starting to really get to a weird point in time. Like right now, we have a virus going around called the coronavirus. I'm not sure if y'all heard of it or not, yeah. but kind of really affecting everything that we've all been doing <laughs> especially this podcast too <laughs> yeah. yeah so i want to kind of discuss it like the kind of meshing with the nba talk like we we're fine we don't really have to rely on just current nba we can talk about past and all that but i want to really get some of this off of our chest because from the looks of it the coronavirus is going to be here to stay for at least another couple months four to five months yeah. at most yeah so i kind of want your opinions on it like both of you like what do you really feel like is this really a big threat to not only the sports leagues but to us in general as a human race like do you see this as a you know immediate threat that's gonna you know god's judgment in a sense like if you feel that's the right terminology for it yeah uh, i mean i'll go first uh, and I mean, this is a basketball podcast, so I'll, I'll mainly cover it from a basketball perspective. Of course, it has a, a direct impact as, at, of us as humans. And like I've heard, I mean, I, I don't know the spe- specific numbers, but if like trends continue, you know, and it, it, it spreads to a certain extent, it's going to be pretty bad. Um, so I just to anyone listening out there, just, you know, do do what's necessary to keep yourself safe. Um, you know, wash your hands, keep your hands away from your face. Uh, stay away from large crowds, whatever it may be. Um, I don't think you should necessarily quarantine yourself unless you're you know, obviously really sick. Um, you know, don't don't let this affect your daily life. Like I went in, went outside and played basketball yesterday. Like don't you know, don't be afraid to go out per se, but just be careful. Um, that's the main thing. But as far as basketball, man, like just I I mean, this is gonna affect. Not think about it. It's not even gonna affect not only this year. Um, and I was just doing a podcast about this yesterday, um, with one of my friends and, uh, we were talking about not only how it's going to affect this season when it gets to be played out, but also it's going to push back next season. Um, and that's going to also like, it's pushing back everything, the draft, uh, free agency potentially, or probably, uh, and then stuff even earlier before that, like the finals and the playoffs. So it's going to be affecting everything. Um, I think, what shouldn't go unnoticed is the fact that Adam Silver's done a great job. I think he's done a great job, you know, just being urgent with this and being the first commissioner out of any sport really to to really just be on top of this. And he's been a, a certain a, a great example for other commissioners in sports to follow that. And you see the, the NHL being um, canceled or postponed. You see March Madness being canceled. And other things. So they followed him, and I think he's done a great job. But, yeah, it's going to affect sports um, in general for the coming months. And we just have to see. Um, you know, he, he – I think I think Silver said they're going to reevaluate in the next 30 days. Um, yeah, they're going to reevaluate uh, come April. The, the problem with those is that we don't know what's going to happen by that point. Like, 
will they continue the season? Like, will it be like a miniature lockout in a sense, or will it just start up with the playoffs like automatically with the seeds they have right now? Yeah, I don't, like it'll be interesting. That's what I'm kind of looking at. Yeah, yeah, but that's gonna affect a lot of teams. Think about it because if you start up the playoffs right in again, a lot of teams have momentum. Like uh, the Lakers have momentum. You had. Uh, other teams and then you look from the flip side too players are you know injured right now like a team like Philly so maybe rest does help them but then if you start if you when the NBA does come back if you start right in the playoffs then I, I would like to see them finish out the regular season I know a lot of people would like to see them uh, come back and just start the playoffs right away and get to the interesting stuff but yeah if you're a fan of a certain team and like, for example, the Heat weren't doing well um, these past, uh, you know, couple weeks in general. We haven't been doing the best. Like, we've been um, doing, you know, better earlier in the season. But I don't know. The whole thing is, is that if you start the playoffs, then you don't know how, you know, at least with the regular season, you finish that up. And at least you can get some momentum going into the playoffs. If you just start with the playoffs, then, you know, your team could get swept. Um, and yeah, it's going to be awkward. Yeah. I think it's too rushed to be honest, you know? And the thing with that too, is that it's not only going to affect like the playoffs in general or a team's performance. It's going to affect the awards race as well, because man, it was, it was looking good. Giannis and LeBron, that was one of the narratives. Of course, LeBron for reasons that I don't want to really discuss again, or else I'm going to probably start bawling. (laughs) But, uh, all that plus the fact that they were, you know, it's it's L.A., and if he's able to keep up the way like he was able to play, then yeah. But Giannis has been on a historical tear, just completely like dominating the league. And that was one of the storylines as well, was LeBron being like, you know, uh, end-of-season type guy where he would just start unleashing the yeah. beast. We're not going to get that now. Like, it's it's basically a shoe-in that Giannis is going to win. Like, I'm actually upset about that because – we basically got the coronavirus at a time where the NBA was at its most competitive and its most interesting, narrative-wise. Like, I feel like we got robbed. I really think we did. And, and yet... Because of the coronavirus. Yeah, I mean, and yet again, this season, if you look at it from, you know, even if we look at it from July or June when, uh, when players were making big moves to sign with different teams and... Uh, you know, you have certain duos teaming up to load management, to Stern passing, to Kobe passing, to this. I mean, it's been like a whirlwind of a season um, in general. Uh, and I just think that, uh, look, as far as the races, um, the MVP race, the rookie of the year race, et cetera, um, now you kind of have to go back and reevaluate that because think about it. As you mentioned, we may go straight to the playoffs. So, you know, right now it may be, hey, Who's winning the Who's winning the award right now? So we kind of have to go back and yeah. and really decide a winner now, just in case they go in the playoffs. But uh, I know me and you have been going back and forth. But DBs, what's your take on this, man? I mean, I think one thing people have been talking about is does Kevin Durant come back healthy if it starts in two months? Yeah, it's a big story. And I think it goes further than that. I mean, Simmons is going to be healthy for sure especially if it's regular season. That's a big advantage for the Sixers. And even developments. I mean, guys aren't going to stop training. What if, for example, like Ben Simmons can develop a jump shot within these next two months? That's a massive boost for the Sixers. So 
So, I mean, it's definitely interesting to see how teams will become better or worse during this time. Yeah. yeah. No, for sure. Um, and then, <laughs> and then we we fail to highlight really the main the main cause of all of this. And I'm not saying it's the main cause because it's a obviously a worldwide and um, it's a fear. Um, DB, so I know you're in Canada, so but same thing. I mean, within the U.S. and also in Canada, um, and all everywhere around the world, it's it's a big threat. Um, but you know, we we failed to bring up uh, kind of the um, breaking point for the NBA was Rudy Gobert uh, getting it and then passing it on to uh, Donovan Mitchell's teammate, um, along with uh, Emmanuel Mudiay, who um, you know didn't. Oh no, Emmanuel Mudiay confirmed that he, oh, didn't, he didn't have, have it. it. Uh, he tested. Negative. Okay, okay. Yeah, so it was just Mitchell and uh, okay, Gobert. Okay, so it's just them too. So. But st- I mean, those are, I mean, to get, uh, you know, your star players are literally, you know, those are your two star players on a team. Um, you do have a lot of other, yeah, you know, star players. Um, or or excuse me, like decent players on a team. You have uh, Conley, who's obviously dealt with some injury this year, um, and other guys. But um, those are the two main uh, guys on that team, uh, and I want to. You know, we bring up uh, Philadelphia with the rest, and you mentioned Ben Simmons. If he can um, develop a jump shot, uh, then we talk about Kevin Durant possibly coming back. So many different guys coming back from injury um, and see if they can do that during this time um, to heal. Uh, but then you talk about a team like Utah, and, you know, Rudy Gobert was jokingly touching the mics um, in, the, in the reporters and that and – that, that clip has kind of gone viral a little bit um, or a lot. But uh, then then you look at the Jazz and you start to see, you know, is this a testament to how strong the Jazz are as a team? And if that team will break up, um, this might be somewhat of a sign. But my question to you guys is, do you guys think that, um, and obviously this is kind of like a group discussion right now, but what team do you guys think this has the most effect on? Are we going to look at the Jazz and say this has the most effect on the Jazz? Or are we looking elsewhere? Uh, I'm going to be real with you and say it's going to affect every team. I don't really think that it just affects the Jazz. Like, it definitely affects the Jazz the most because they just lost two of their star players. But my fear is the fact that, you know, when the season does start off, regular season or playoffs, that – it's basically going to be just a lot of injuries happening because it's going to be a full month to where they haven't played any basketball unless they practice, of course, but I don't even think they're practicing at all because I think there was like a statement about that. Right. But uh, it's, it's not going to be looking good. We're going, to have, we're going to be having a lot of injuries happening. And I don't really like that at all because, you know, conditioning and all that, you're going to need if you want to play at an NBA level. Now, don't get me wrong. As I said before, the Jazz are definitely the most affected by this. Yeah, without a doubt. In my mind, yeah, because they just lost Rudy Gobert, uh, two-time Defensive Player of the Year, probably going to be a three-time if the season did continue. Donovan Mitchell, one of the rising stars of the league, was literally, I think, an All-Star this year, wasn't he? Uh, was he? Um, I don't think he was. Mitchell was an All-Star. He was, yeah. yeah. Oh, he was. Okay, yeah. I kind of figured. But uh, recent All-Star Donovan Mitchell. And not only that, but your best player is Bojan Bogdanovic because Mike Conley's been in a bit of a rut, even though it's looking like he's slowly coming to earth as we speak. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's not looking good for the Jazz. It's not looking good for the league in general just because of that conditioning thing. Because we can have – that's one of the scary things about lockouts is 
Like, even though this is technically not a lockout, you could say in technicality it kind of is just for the amount of games played. But, yeah, it's not really looking that good. And I swear to God, if we get another, like, crazy injury, like the one that happened to KD in the 2019 finals, then I'm going to be one salty NBA fan, and I'm going to just purge the coronavirus from my powers, hopefully. Just go away, please. Yeah. Don't come back. We don't want you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, DBs, do you think uh, – do you agree that the Jazz uh, – I, th- I, I mean – yeah, I just wanted to get your guys' opinion on who – I think the Jazz, too, are the most affected. I think it's pretty obvious. I just wanted to get your guys' feedback and, and you know, maybe point out a team that hasn't – you know, that, that could get affected by this. You know, not, not as much, but, like, a team that no one's really put out there as a team that could really get affected by this. But, uh, DB, your thoughts? Jazz are definitely the most – negatively affected, but I feel like there could be a couple teams that are definitely positively affected. I mean, the Raptors could be. Um, Siakam develops like crazy whenever he has the time to, so he's probably going to come back better. Ronda Hollis Jefferson could develop a jump shot. You know, even that's with Kevin Durant coming back healthy, that could be massive. For sure. Yeah. There's probably a couple other teams that I'm not thinking of. Sixers. But Bucks, they are they've been injured. But really, every team that has injuries or has players who can develop quickly, it can positively benefit them, as opposed to you know a team like the Jazz who are definitely negatively affected in terms of their team chemistry and Mitchell and Gobert have to be you know quarantined and everything for two weeks, unable to work out anything like that. So there's going to be positively affected teams and negatively affected yeah. teams. So it's going to be interesting to look at. It's also going to test their friendship as well, in my opinion. Like, just the overall Jazz chemistry, as you said. Because, like, even though Rudy Gobert was joking about it, he even, like, put out an apology saying he didn't know he had it. So, I mean, I can't really fault him yeah. for it, per se. If you don't know you have it, then you don't know. Yeah, he's got to be a lot, still, little bit more you gotta careful, be a little bit more cautious, in my opinion. That. Um, it wasn't yeah. really the fact that – because, again, you know, Anyone could have it, and you, you're not going to know because, you know, symptoms don't show up for – I think it was like two weeks. Um, don't quote me on that, but somewhere around two weeks. Uh, so, again, you know, you're not, you're not going to – but, again, you, you kind of have to be a little bit more careful. Um, and I think – listen, as, as tough it is, as it is to not be able to watch NBA basketball for the next, you know, the upcoming months or whatever it may be, uh, it's kind of – it is the right decision – um, in my opinion, um, it's something that had to be done. Uh, and yeah, they're trying to, and honestly, I'd rather have this than, uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't really like a stadium being played with no fans. Um, it's not the right, it's just, isn't the right field for me. Uh, oh man. Well, let me tell you right now, it's awkward. I've, I've actually seen it. Uh, basically, uh, the, Vince McMahon, if you already know him, he's the runner of, you know, World Wrestling Entertainment, WWE. He decided to have some shows that had no audience. And let me tell you, it is the most awkward thing you'll ever watch, like, in your life. Like, when there's moments that you're supposed to have a crowd cheer or boo or, like, you know, clap or whatever, it's not there. Like, the moments are not, you know, they don't have that oomph to it. So, I want to give you a scenario. Imagine just... You know, 
game one of the playoffs and they do decide to do that with like an empty stadium. You see, for example, I guess you could say the Bucks and the Magic, I think. I think that's a seating, like a possible one. Yeah. The, the main seating. Uh, hypothetically speaking, it's never going to happen, but hypothetically, the the Magic are down by two. Markel Fultz pulls up for a three that win like a game winner and upset the Bucks. What? The stadium is empty. There's going to be no emotion to it. It's going to be the most awkward moment ever. You have people celebrating on the floor, but no one's celebrating in the stands. That's basically what it was like to watch a WWE SmackDown show live on TV. Just no emotion. All the moments that were supposed to have oomph didn't have the oomph. It was just kind of stupid, I guess you yeah. could say. It's and, not really yeah. I mean, I'd say good. I'd agree with that as well. Um, I think that, more importantly, I think it – doesn't do uh you know i and you know it's it's tough to see march madness not get you know played out but uh, you know the fans are the biggest part of that so you know you want to uh you know so much revenue is being lost uh certain nba players have donated um money to the staff of uh arenas and i've seen that with zion Giannis, and guys like that um but you know as as much as we want to talk about the nba the march madness is all about the fans um, so that getting, you know, when they talked about, yeah. you know, that being played with no fans, I was like, dude, that that's going to be even worse, you know, because like everyone feeds off of that, um, like, you know, every, every yeah. year and, and it's something we look forward to. So not only for that to be first, first of all, being played with no fans and then they cancel it, it's, it's really tough to deal with, um, you know, uh, but obviously, um, uh, you know, this is a really tough uh, uh, scenario uh, for everyone involved, um, and not even if you're involved in the bas- in the NBA media or you know uh, NBA uh, staff inside arenas, but just uh, people in general. It's it's a tough scenario, and also th- you run the risk of you know, and, and thankfully the teams that have played a team like the Jazz um, and uh, shout out Clutch because I'm looking at Hardwood for this. Uh, for this report, but um, but Raptors, Knicks, Pistons, Cavs, and Celtics—they all tested negative, and, and those are the five teams that have faced the Jazz um, in the past ten days. So they've all tested negative, which is good news. The past ten days, um, yeah. And of course, that's obviously good news for DB since he's a Raptors fan, um, and for any any team, that's great news. Um, and we hope nothing happens. But uh, this is obviously a tough like a really bad scenario and we hope, you know, everyone stays safe and, and this gets, you know, ended quickly. Uh, but uh, let's just get into a little bit of talk. I mean, obviously we can't really get into the foreseeable future just yet, uh, but let's talk about, about a little bit of the past. And uh, I want to bring up the Toronto Raptors because obviously you're a big fan of them. Um, what, um, well, let's start with Siakam because Kawhi leaves and now Siakam is, um, a, even a bigger part of that franchise. What have you seen from him this year um, as opposed to years prior that's been – that's stuck out to you? Definitely a lot of growing pains. That That's the first thing that really stuck out to me at the beginning. I mean, he was getting in foul trouble on a nightly basis at the beginning. Still is fouling a good amount. I think he's honestly, like, the perfect guy to be the second option. He just spoke for that first option. I'm not too confident with him. 
I guess. But you know, if we get Giannis, I'd be pretty happy with yeah. the two guy. Yeah, and then and then like, yeah, Pascal Siakam. Yeah, and then like really good on paper. Let's say you guys you. do get Giannis. Um, hypothetically, uh, where does where do you see Lowry fitting that in that scenario? Um, because you just said Siakam being the the two guys. So then, where do you see um Lowry? Like, how do you see Lowry fitting in with that? Um, and you know, like, what's your thoughts on that? Well, one thing to note is if we do have Larry and Giannis, then that means Larry mm-hmm. is getting paid around, I believe, 20 mil it would be. So he's definitely not the... We're not putting 30 mil into him like we have years prior. So that's so we're not looking for him to be a two guy. But I think he definitely could be... I mean, it'd be the same thing as last year with Kawhi's number one option. And, like, Larry would be the number three option, more of a number three option than he was last year. I feel like he'd really be used for just playmaking, defense, shooting, and leadership. He wouldn't really need to do too much more than that, especially if, you know, OG and Anobi develops, Powell, if we re-sign Van Vliet. Yeah. No, I think that uh, Lowry, yeah, uh, he serves, I think, more than anything. And, obviously, you mentioned the money and how that's going to have to work. Um, because honestly, you're bringing a guy like Giannis. Um, uh, but then you know, I th- I just think I, me personally, I think Kyle Lowry's like um a great um uh, veteran presence. Um, and I think that he'll be um a good leader to you know keep around uh, to stick around. Um, if they can, you know, um obviously get that um to work financially. Um, and he agrees with that. But uh. No, man. Um, go ahead. I want to I wanna say something about this. So, speaking of Lowry, I was going to ask you this. There has been people on NBA Twitter, which, yeah, I know it's a wasteland because NBA Twitter is probably the worst thread <laughs> out of all the fucking threads on Twitter. But I'll say right now that there has been people saying that Kyle Lowry is not a Hall of Famer. I want your take on this. Is he a Hall of Fame type player where, you know, he, he already has the accolades that he's already proven himself as, you know, that type of player? Or do you think he needs to prove a little bit more in his career to really be yeah, on that level question. of, like, you know, Hall of Fame, I guess you could say? Uh, honestly, I've put him in the same level as. Chauncey Billups, who I would also put in the Hall of Fame. Like, in terms of careers, I would put him similar to Chauncey Billups. So, I think when Chauncey Billups gets in, so should Lowry, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, there is players in there that, you know, are in there for less. I mean, you yeah, have... for sure. Casey Jones. I can't exactly name up. Yeah, Casey Jones, he's in there. I mean, yeah, he has rings and all that, but he didn't really do much else, per se. So, I mean, yeah, he was a good defender. I'll say that. But he wasn't exactly like Sam Jones, who provided a lot more for the team. I'll, I'll say that for the mm-hmm. most part. No shot. The yeah. Um, yeah, that's some good points. Um, and, you know, Kyle Lowry, I mean, we'll see. Um, obviously, uh, a ring does help. Um, and that um, for for his case, 
um, that he got last year. But again, we'll see. And, um, you know, I wanted to get into, um, you know, I wanted to get into, uh, you know, future, but obviously we can't really uh, get into predictions um, just yet. Uh, we kind of have to see how this all plays out with the, with the virus. And that's kind of how we, that's kind of why we had to talk about the virus because, um, you know, we have certain limitations as to what questions we can ask um, now that, you know, all this has, has gone on, but I want to ask you, uh, here's a, a pretty, you know, sometimes I do this, but uh, give me your top five or not top five, starting five um, all time Raptors. Um, who are you going with? Um, give me your starting five. That's a tough one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think we're going to definitely go with Larry. Got to go with Who are you putting at the two? Forward. I like that. And then... I know it's between two guys. Probably. I mean, you would think that, but really, if you're considering you don't fit, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I'll go with. Okay. See after my third yeah. four. Bosch at the five. I I would have gone. I probably would have done the same thing. Bosch at the five. I like that. Yeah, Bosch was Toronto. Bosch was something yeah. Same else. here. I like that. Yeah, before he came to Miami. Well, he did get like a shooting stroke in Miami, but he was an actual Facts, and, and he was and he was good. People think about it, being a. Uh, you know, third option that, you know, got um, overshadowed by, you know, two of the NBA's best players. Like, imagine if he had had a bigger role. Uh, I'm not saying he didn't, like, I'm not saying he didn't serve as a great player on Miami, but imagine, like, insane. But who are you going with at the two DBs? There's two guys that are definitely the most talented, obviously, Carter and DeRozan. Danny Green and Doug Christie mm-hmm. are actually two guys and heavily considered. Danny Green's nice. For the fit. Yeah, for fit. Mm-hmm. Danny Green and Christie are very similar, in my opinion. I'd, honestly, I'd probably give Christie yeah. the slight edge. Actually, I'll go Danny Green. Yeah, it's hard to decide between the two. I'll go Doug Christie if you're including Kings Bays. But Raptors time, I'm going Danny Green. Yeah. Yeah. And it'd be between him and Vince Carter, I guess. Uh, I mean, DeRozan's big, yeah. I'll go Carter over him. And it's really just whether you yeah. want the fit or the talent. I'll go... So you go Danny Green for fit? Danny Green, honestly. Yeah, Larry, Green, Kawhi, Seattle. That's a nice little lineup. So, yeah... Not gonna lie, uh, I I think I might be one of the only ones who thinks Demar Derozan's overrated. Um, I, I'm sorry to say that, but it's just I don't know from his time in Toronto and the fact that, I mean, to be fair, he did have Dwayne Casey as a coach, and mm-hmm. Dwayne Casey, in my opinion, not a good coach at all. No, I mean, <sighs> he is doing kind of decent with Pop, but. He's still having those issues that 
kind of plagued him in Toronto. No, really. Outside stroke. He's more of a mid-range player. Uh, not really the best of defenders either. But, more so yeah, mediocre. Well, like you I think Toronto, we should propose but, that question. What's, what's your thoughts on Nick Nurse compared to Dwayne Casey, uh, DBs? Oh, Nick Nurse is a whole lot better. I mean, Casey honestly wasn't that good. I think Nurse is definitely the most creative coach in the league, hands down, in my opinion. Just like yeah. box in mm-hmm. one, use random things that like he just pulls out of his sleeve, and no one has seen it before in the NBA, but he does it, and it works. That's definitely yeah. a massive edge he has on Casey. But also, Casey was just. The ISO is way too much, which I think the Rose and actually yeah, benefited from because he had the spacing and he, he's good with you know ISOing, but it's out of where ISO, whatever. He was good at just sizing a guy up and driving, but it's not that effective, especially come playoff time. And also, his one on one matchups horrible. I mean, I remember in 2018, I believe it was, I was at the game and I was thinking. Why is DeRozan guarding Kevin Love? Oh, no, yeah. And then, like, it was just, oh, no, it made no man. sense. Like, here's the thing, too. In 2018, the Raptors were good. Like, the reason they were good wasn't because of Dwayne Casey. Casey was using Nurse's system. And I know for a fact as well, because you, you see how similarly, like, he plays nowadays. Like, <clears throat> I guarantee you, if Toronto, in 2018 were to not only bench DeRozan in the fourth during the playoffs, because they usually came back large deficits when he was on the bench, but also stick to Nurse's plan, I think they might have been able to pull at least, like, you know, one or maybe even two games from that series. I wouldn't have thought it would have been a sweep like it was. But, man, that's – it just shows you how good Nick Nurse is. Because he also has – he also birthed the plan to stop Giannis. Like – he is the coach who can stop Giannis, and I don't really care what you say. We have players it. who can stop yeah. him, but we have a coach who can game plan a wall. Yeah, like there's a reason why we call it the North Wall. He literally yeah, made a wall so that Giannis couldn't do anything. No. And, yeah, and I have to give Nurse credit that. That's why I think he's like one of the best coaches in the league for that, and I still think that. He won Dwayne Casey that award in 2018, which I think was total BS. Yeah, Brad so what, um, sure won it. We all know it. Yeah. yeah. Now, how long have you been a Raptors fan? Even our... like, yeah. Um, and then, like, life, I guess. what would you say after, like, when you've been watching the Raptors? What, which team was your favorite to watch um, throughout all the years? This year and last year are my top two for sure, I would say. The bench mob was, that was fun, like 2017-ish, 2017, Nate, and also 2018 with yeah. Lee, Norm, OG. Yeah, there was a lot of guys coming uh, out of the yeah, shows, like, like Van Vliet was going on, like, had a great, you know, great playoffs. Yeah. Uh, you have, you know, Siakam developing, you have... Uh, you know, OG, uh, per, yeah, um, Pirtle. Mm-hmm. Um, just so many was um, different guys. 
Man, uh, about to wrap this up. Um, and obviously appreciate you coming on, DBs. But I'll, I'll, I'll give the mic to Slun if you want to ask any remaining questions. Uh, I do have one more question uh, about the Raptors. Uh, so this year, people didn't peg the Raptors to be as good as they are. They're currently the second seed in the I East, I believe, right behind the Bucks, yeah. who are on a tear. I want, I want your opinion. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Second check seed. That while second I uh, ask this, if you can, please. But uh, I want yeah. kind of know. They're, okay, they're so it is second seed. All right, I was right. Games, yeah, above the Celtics. Yeah. So. Yeah, so how would, like, for right now, we are going to safely assume that the Raptors are going to make a decent push in the playoffs because Nick Nurse is a great coach, Pascal Siakam, great player, Fred Van Fleet probably going to go lights out in the playoffs once again. I want to know what a ring, another ring, a two-peat, would do for this franchise because there has been a couple of talks here and there that they are – one of the biggest dark horses in the league currently, along with the Miami Heat and the Celtics, who, I mean, let's face it, they're all really good teams, but I guess the Bucks they kind of had troubles, really. Especially the Raptors, even though they have, you know, impeded Giannis at the very least. Like, what would a ring do for this franchise? A second ring, not only brought by the likes of Pascal Siakam, but would it solidify Lowry's case to be in the Hall of Fame? I think that's solidified last case to be in the Hall of Fame for sure. In terms of what I do for the franchise, it'd be massive for Nick Nurse, um, Masai Ujiri, obviously phenomenal executive. I think he would get a lot of the praise. And how mm. do you also have Pascal Siakam too, winning two rings straight. Yeah. So he's gonna be he's gonna be catapulting in the rankings yeah. at power forward at the age of like twenty four, twenty five. Yeah. So you also have to consider that he'll be he'll be considered a superstar. Like he might already have a Hall of Fame resume by the time he's like twenty eight, twenty nine, and that's yeah. crazy to think no, about. No, that's it's actually crazy just because he really he really wasn't that good until last year. He was the good bench player, you know? Especially on the bench mob. You could argue he was like the fourth, maybe even fifth best player on the Raptors bench, and now he's a star. And as you said, potential Hall of Fame case in a couple of years. That's absurd to think about. Exactly. Like, like you said as well, I didn't expect Siakam to break out the way he did. Like, I knew he was decent. I knew that he was solid off the bench. And whenever I saw him come to the game, he always provided, like, a couple of, you know, go-ahead buckets that got the team going. But I didn't expect him to be on a near superstar level. Like, this this kid is something special. And if the Raptors can hold on to him, him and Van Fleet, along with Ananobi, it, they're one of the more underrated, like, futures in the league because they really have the pieces to still contend. They also have Hollis Jefferson, too. So, I mean, it's it's really looking good for Toronto after Lowry leaves and, you know, Abaka leaves and Gasol. I mean, there's still solid players there. This offseason's definitely going to be probably the biggest offseason in history because it's, we're obviously 
prepping for Giannis in 2021, but we have so many free agents this year, and we have to stay under a certain threshold to be able to afford Giannis. And, you know, Van Vliet, he's going to acquire a good amount of money. Gasol, Ibaka, um, Hollis Jefferson's a free agent. So it's definitely going to be crazy to see how that all pans out, who we let go, how much we pay each person, how much we offer each person. Maybe a sign and trade. I don't know. Yeah. Exactly It'll be interesting happen, for sure. Uh, be interesting. And, and one more question before we uh, wrap this thing up um, from my end. But uh, we've talked about a lot of the – we've talked about Nick Nurse and how great of a coach he's been uh, for that Toronto Raptors team. We've talked about Pascal Siakam and the, the growth that he's had. Uh, but what – let's see how I phrase this. Yeah, what's the what's the biggest concern? Um, you know, and obviously the the season's postponed right now um, for a later date, and we don't know when it'll come back. But what is, um, for what you've seen so far, what's the biggest concern with this Raptors team for you uh, moving forward? Masai Ujiri leaving is definitely up there. Solely because he's, in my opinion, hands down the best executive in the league, aside from Jerry West. Yeah. So I think that's definitely one concern in terms of. Yeah. You know, and then what? Count that as part of the team. I mean, his scouting, his everything is just amazing. That's the main reason why I say these random international guys like Abdullah Nadoy or Tenor Nagam, who no one's ever heard of, but I have. Faith that Masai will look at them because he's done that before. He's looked at these random no-name guys and made yeah, amazing play players out of them. But in terms of players and play style, I mean, I'd say it's a lack of... I mean, Siakam hasn't proven to be a go-to guy yet. And as I said, early on this season, he had a lot of growing pains. And... I don't know if that's going to come back in the playoffs now with him needing to be the number one guy now because last year there were times, especially against Philadelphia, and we were struggling, and Kawhi just put the team on his back and carried. He just made clutch shot after clutch shot and did something I've never seen before, and it was amazing to watch. But I don't know if Siakam can do that yet. Yeah, so that's yeah for sure. Um, I think that's... Very valid points, and uh, obviously, I think this is one of the more um, informational. Uh, I think we got a lot of info, um, not only about the virus, but about uh, you know hardwood and uh, obviously Raptors talk um, and whatnot. But uh, yeah, uh, gonna wrap this thing up. Um, again, thank you, D Beast, um, for coming on here and taking the time out of your day to come join us on the pod. Uh, we really appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, any last words um, before we get out of here? Uh, Abdul Nadoi is a future star. Terrence Davis is a future star. There and you go. Brief, simple, to the point. Um, and, yeah, that's going to do it. Um, from me, Slen, and D-Beast, um, we'll be back again next week. Um, and that's going to do it for the fourth edition of the Hardwood Amino Pod. 
Um, like I said, thank you, DBs. Appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, guys, um, until next time, um, we're out. Peace.